he's done for you. Hallelujah, your soul ought to get happy on the inside. I said your soul ought to get happy on the inside. Hallelujah, hallelujah. When you think of what he's done for you, Sometimes I tell you, just saying I'm still here is a testimony. I'm still here is a testimony for somebody. Because you remember a moment where it seems like the devil was trying to take you out of here. But yet you remain here. I'm still here is a testimony to somebody that reminds you of, that, of what God has done for you. Come on, put those hands together and get back to Indeed, we are grateful to God for his blessings and for his mercy and kindness to each and every one of you, to our virtual audience. We welcome you on this morning to the sanctuary where we've already been giving God glory. Just thinking of the great things that God has done for us. Amen. We're going quickly to the word of the Lord. He'll allow you to look while we continue. We'll be looking at Luke chapter eight. And we'll be looking at verses 30 through 39. Again, that's St. Luke chapter 8. And we'll be looking at verses 30 through 39. Grateful to each of you who've come this morning. Grateful to those who've tuned in and are sharing with us virtually. God has been good to us. Whereof we're glad and we're thankful and grateful to him on this day. This On this communion Sunday, where we will be partaking of the Lord's sacraments and commemorating his great sacrifice that allows us the right to eternal life. And we're grateful and we show gratitude to him on this day as we commemorate through sacrament. And we appreciate each of you who've come and joined us and we pray that God has been good to you. I know that you're still here, so that's part of your testimony. That means that God has blessed you, God has considered you, God has poured purpose into your life, whereof I am glad and I pray that each of you are as well grateful. Again, we're looking at Luke chapter eight. And we'll be looking at verses 30 through 39 from the English Standard Version. We're sharing a small part of a story that is familiar to many of us, but we will share for those who aren't familiar. We'll give a little background to this story. Luke chapter 8, verses 30 through 39, and the word of the Lord reads, Jesus then asked him, what is your name? And he said, Legion. For many demons had entered him and they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now, a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside and they begged him to enter into these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. Verse 34. When the herdsmen saw what had happened. They fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then people went out to see what had happened. And they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked him to depart from them. For they were seized with great fear. 
So he got out into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. Lord, open our hearts, our minds and our spirits to be receptive to what you say to us in these few moments. And let thy word be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And Lord, do not allow us to leave this destiny moment the same way that we came. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Our thought for this morning is when nobody sees you. When nobody sees you. More succinctly, how to behave, how to live when nobody sees you. When I begin to think of this particular man and think of this particular text, there is so much that can be drawn out. This man that we often call and misname Legion, he's not Legion. Legion is the name of the demons that possessed him. It's more succinct and better and more accurate to say that this was the man of Gadara or the man of the Gerasenes. Jesus encountered him, and while he encountered him, he encountered a man that was encumbered with many problems. Some of you in here, you feel like you have problems. Just imagine the amount of problems that this man had. Sometimes I think some of these situations in the Bibles and the parables of Jesus kind of serve as a parallel for us in our lives. If we, if we are to look at these examples of these miracles and examples of these parables and how extreme these examples are, sometimes God is saying simple, something simple to us. God is saying something as simple as if I can help him, I can help you. If I can deliver him, you can be delivered. If I had enough consideration to have Jesus go across the lake and counter the storm just to heal one man, what will I do for you? Will I allow you to sit in your situation and in your storm and not deliver you from your problem and from your trouble? If God had that much consideration for this man to make a trip across the, the, the lake. And remember, during this trip is when they encountered the storm and the disciples thought they were about to drown. He goes over there. And as you read the text, as we were reading, he performs that miracle. And the men are so afraid they ask him to leave. So he heals the man of Gadara. He heals this legion of demons and rebukes them, gets back in the ship and goes back across the lake where they had just encountered the storm. Jesus did that for one man. And if he'll do it for him, our God is not a respecter of persons. He will do the same thing for you. How far will he go to heal and deliver his people? Bible always says the, the, the the consider the lily that neither toils nor spins, but even in its beauty, it's it's considered more beautiful than even all of Solomon and his greatness and his beauty. If God considers the lily, then God also considers us. He's mindful of us. He's thoughtful of us. He's considerate of us. He knows where we are. He knows. Let me give you give you this and remind you. He knows what you need. And that's that's the important thought that there's a difference between what we want and what we need. God always knows what we need. God can meet us at the point of our need. And sometimes I, I, I was thinking the the other the other day we were on vacation the other week and we were in a car and we were trying to drive and we were in we were in a foreign city. We weren't used to it. And 
This city had a lot of tolls for those of you who've been in cities with tolls. And I was looking and I was thinking my, my wife was up front and she was helping to navigate. And then my son, Justin, was in the back. He was also on his phone attempting to navigate. And while they were navigating, the strategies of each of their navigation systems was a little bit different. My wife's navigation system was based on getting to the destination as quickly as possible. My son's navigation system was based on avoiding tolls. And since we didn't have a lot of cash and coins in the car, we were trying to avoid as many tolls as possible. So my wife's navigation system would say make one turn and then Justin's navigation system would say make a different turn. Now, get this. They were both headed to the same destination. But the process and the route by which they got there was based upon how they were set. The settings had different priorities. One setting's priority was to get there as quickly as possible. And the other setting's priority was to avoid tolls. Now, one of the reasons we wanted to avoid tolls is because we didn't run out of cash. In other words, had we gone through all the tolls, we wouldn't have had enough to make it through. We didn't have enough resources to make it through had we hit all of the tolls. When I begin to think of that, I begin to think of how we look at our path and how God looks at our path. The Bible says there is a way that seems right in a man. The ends whereof are the ways of death. But God said, I should supply all thy needs according to my riches in glory. And God said, the blessings of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it, which means on God's path, he will not cause you to go in a direction where you don't have enough. See, the problem is sometimes we follow our own way and our own path, and then we don't have enough of ourselves to make it through. We don't have enough energy. We don't have enough mental resources. Sometimes we exhaust ourselves emotionally. We exhaust our strength. We exhaust that which is within us. Why? Because even though we're trying to reach the same destination, our priorities are not the same as God's. And when we follow God's priorities, he will cause us to make it to the destination without exhausting everything that is within you. And I guarantee you this, God's path will never leave you destitute. God's path will never cause you to be at a point where you don't have enough. Had we followed the path that prioritized getting there quickly, and sometimes as as people, let's be honest, we're trying to get there as quickly as possible. That's why Sean Page wrote, wrote the song. She's like, if I were in control of my life, I would leave out the storms. I'd leave out the pain. I'd leave out the trials. But she said that just goes to show how little I know. That my priorities in this journey are not the same as God's. But when I follow God's priorities, God will cause me to have enough strength. Some of us are not. It's not our physical strength is our emotional strength. Has anybody just felt emotionally worn out? Like I I, I can't take anymore. I can't deal with anymore. I I don't know how I'm going to make it. Just I, I have enough physical strength, but emotionally I am worn out. I am exhausted. I have used all of my resources. But God's path and his priorities will cause you not to be tired, not to be worn out, not to be exhausted. God will make sure that whatever path you take, you always have enough. So if you find yourself in a place where you're saying, I'm running out of resources, I'm I'm, I'm running out, I'm running emotionally, I'm running low, spiritually, I'm running low. The question that we need to ask ourselves is not only are we following the right path, but are we following God's priorities? Remember, the priority of of the navigation system to avoid tolls was to preserve our resources. 
Whereas the navigation to get there quickly didn't care about your resources. It's just trying to get there as fast as possible. And sometimes in our race to get there as fast as possible, we exhaust all that we have within us. My simple, simple message from that analogy is to make sure that we are following God's priorities. And if you follow God's priorities, he'll make sure that you always, always have enough. You want to make sure you have enough? Make sure you're following God's path here. Jesus, he encountered this man who I have to say, he certainly was emotionally drained. He certainly was even physically, physically exhausted. It had to be a conundrum in his mind to think that I have all of this energy, but yet I can't do my own will. He's physically capable because they said they'd bind him in chains and he'd break off the chains. So I'm physically capable, but yet I can't control my own body because I am not even in possession of my own mind. I am not controlling my own mind. And when we said in our text uh, and our thought for this is what, what when nobody sees you, some of us, we have silent struggles and you don't have to raise your hand. We have silent struggles, things that we're going through that nobody else knows about. We have told nobody else about, but the same thing that you're struggling with and that you're dealing with, I've shared this before, sometimes the thing that you're dealing with it, you're making it through and you don't think and you feel weak, the thing that you're dealing with might kill somebody else. Because remember the same demon that, that Legion was living with, he was cutting himself and he was living amongst the tombs, but he was still alive. He lived long enough to see Jesus. And that's a sermon. That's a message by itself. He lived long enough to for Jesus to get to him, for Jesus to reach him. And sometimes that's what's necessary for us. We need to hold on long enough for Jesus to get to us, for Jesus to reach us, to, for, for Jesus to touch our mind, for Jesus to touch our heart. Not that he's not already there. It's not that he's not ready, but God is waiting on us to be ready. God is waiting. on. See, the, the man of, of, of Gadara, he had to wait on Jesus to come on shore. But for you, you don't have to wait for Jesus to arrive. The only thing that needs to happen with you is not for you to change your physical location, but for you to change your mind. Some of you are a mind change away from your blessing, from from your from your next level, from that next place that God wants to take you. It's not you changing your physical location. It's changing your mind, opening your mind to what God is trying to do in your life. So this man of Gadara, he, he, he was he was exhausted. He was physically exhausted. He was emotionally exhausted. But one thing he didn't do is he didn't lose hope. And I encourage somebody today that when you feel like nobody sees you, I don't want you to lose hope. Don't lose hope where you are. I'll, I'll say this until I'll say this in, until I can and I'll continue to say it until you get it. You are God's intentional creation. Every single one of you under the sound of my voice, you are God's intentional created creation. Let me say it this way. God knew what he was doing when he made you. God knew exactly what he was doing when he made you. And not only did he know what he was doing when he made you, he even knew what you would struggle with. He knew what you would have trouble with. Some of us, we, we, we're, we're bound up, and we talked about it a, a few Sundays ago, we're, we're bound up by shame, and we're allowing ourselves to be held captive by shame, but God already knew what you'd struggle with. He already knew that. He knew what you'd have trouble with. He, when he, even those that he chose as leaders, most of the things that we hear about David, David struggling, and the things that he did wrong, all of that, get this, comes after he was anointed king. 
You don't hear anything about what David struggled with until after he was anointed king. He struggled with women after he was anointed king. He struggled with uh, sending men to, to die after he was anointed king. He conducted a census against God's will after he was anointed king. In fact, 99% of the trouble in David's life occurred after he was anointed king. So what I'm telling you is God knows exactly what you're going to struggle with. But yet he created you anyway. He knew what you were going to struggle with, yet he chose you anyway. He knew what David was going to have problems with, but yet he anointed him to be a leader. He anointed him to be a king. He anointed, he was God's chosen. Despite what God knew, he would struggle with. So I'm letting somebody know that just because you're struggling, just because you're not doing what you know you should be doing, does not make you any less of God's perfect and intentional creation. He intended you, he created you intentionally. He knew what he was doing when he created you. He knew what you were struggling with. And he still loves you. You still belong to him. And if you're still breathing, I just want you to take a deep breath. This this run. Do that. with me. Just take a deep breath. If you're breathing, you have purpose. If you're breathing, you have purpose. If you're breathing, you're God's design and you're breathing in the air that God intentionally gave you. God has given you the capability. God has given you an opportunity. God has even provided you with what you need to do what he told you to do. If you're breathing, you yet have purpose. And God has designed. You're not here by accident. But God has designed you for this moment. I want you to say that with me. Say, I am designed for this moment. I hear people all the time, particularly on history shows and channels, they're like, I wish I'd been born during this time. or I wish I'd been born during that time. But your design wouldn't have fit that time. Because God designed you for this. I wish you were with me. God designed you for this particular time. Every year, particularly in technology, we recognize that each time has things that do not fit anymore. Some of you all remember floppy disks. For your computer, you go get a floppy disk right now and see what you can do with it. It wasn't designed for this time. I remember I, I went to a church, a pretty, a pretty large church, and at the end of the service, they gave me a, a VHS tape of the service. This was a few years ago, but when they gave me the VHS tape, I said, thank you. And then I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with it. Because I didn't have any VCRs in my house because it was designed for a different time. What, what I'm telling you is that how when God works, he works and designs you for this time right now. He has you living for this time right now. Some of you are, are, are a little uh, my bishop. Bishop uh, Maynard likes to say you're chronologically mature and you're wondering why am I still here? But yet God has designed you for this time right now. Some of you are young and you're like, I'm too young to make an impact. I'm too young to do anything for God's kingdom. I'm telling you, young people, you are designed for a time right as right now. God designed you for this moment. God designed you for this moment. And I'm just giving you a few nuggets that if you woke up every day and said those things in the mirror, I promise you'd be more productive and your mindset would be better. If you woke up in the morning and took a deep breath and said, I'm breathing, so I have purpose. 
I'm looking at God's intentional design. God knew exactly what he was doing when he made me. And not only did he intentionally design me, but he made me for a time such as this. I was created for this moment. Say it with me again. Say I was created for this moment. God's intentional design, God's intentional creation. The man of Gadara, who we know as Legion, he was created for that moment. He was in the right place at the right time to encounter Jesus. And Jesus went up on the shore and he did not lose hope. The man did not kill himself. Just imagine, just imagine dealing with all that he was dealing with. Somebody might ask the question, why didn't he just throw himself off the cliff? Why didn't he just go run himself out into the lake and drown himself? It seemed like he certainly had as much reason as anybody else you can think of. He was not in control of his own body, not in control of his own mind. But yet, despite that. He didn't lose hope. He kept on living. And I'm telling somebody today, keep on living. Somebody pointed somebody and say, keep on living. God has something that is in store for you. Legion lived near a cliff, but never threw himself off of it. <laughs> he lived near the cliff, but never threw himself off of it. Lived in a, in, in a place that could have been designed for his destruction. But yet he held on, yet he did not lose hope. What I'm saying that to somebody who's you're near a place of destruction, but I need you to keep on holding on. Don't 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 allow Don't allow anybody to convince you that you're not to keep living, that you're not to keep holding on, that you're not to keep striving. In fact, this is how intentional his placement was. Remember, at the end of the text, when he gets healed, he wants to go with Jesus and Jesus tells him to stay there. He was in a place where he could have easily hurt himself or harmed himself. But God knew where he wanted him. So not only were you, are you living, you're breathing so you have purpose. And not only were you created intentionally by God, God knew exactly what he was doing when he created you. And not only were you created for this moment, God has created you for the place and position that you're in. God knew what position you were to occupy. God knew what place exactly where to situate you so that you could receive your blessing. He was designed for that moment. He was designed for that time. He was designed on purpose. And God desired that he stay right where he was. It's only the devil that tries to convince you to move because I told you that all the devil has to do is convince you to move from your position. And when you move from your position, that's when you miss your blessing. I've done it at home. Sometimes we, we, we've had phones in my house. You know, we got a few phones. We got a few adults there. And the phones have been broken. And if you have Verizon, you're familiar with this, you can send your phone back in uh, if it's broken, and they'll send you another one, usually the next day. But the thing about it is they make you sign for it. So if you're not there, they won't deliver it. They'll send it back to the delivering facility. You've got a couple of days to pick it up. If not, they'll send it back to where it came from. So you have to be in the right position to receive that. So what I'm telling you is that your position, all the devil has to do is move you out of the right position at the right time. And you'll miss your blessing. Imagine if Legion had decided to stay in town for a few days when Jesus came. But he was in the right place, right on the shores, right where Jesus could access him, right where Jesus could reach him. God had designed him intentionally. He was God's intentional creation. He was designed for that time. He was designed for that moment. And he was in the right place 
where he could receive his blessing from God. Don't move your position and miss the blessing that God has for you, because sometimes at the very moment you decide to give up your position, that's when your blessings come. I was running, I think, yesterday and, you know, our weather in Tennessee changes so quickly. I was running at first. It was cool. And then all of a sudden the clouds went away and then it was hot. And then I'm like, Lord, it's hot. And then I kept on running. Then all of a sudden the clouds came back and it started raining. And then it was sprinkling. I was like, do I need to turn around and go home? And just it, it sprinkled for about 30, 45 seconds. And then the clouds went away again. And it was hot again. <laughs> it's like if I if I had turned around, I would have missed my blessing because I had changed my position. What I'm telling you is despite the weather, despite what it looks like, don't allow the devil to convince you from changing where God told you to be. He was in, in the right. But he not, not only did he not lose hope, not only did he not give up, he did not give up on his life. I want you to live each day. I tell you to live with expectation, but let me say it this way. I want you to live like this day might be your day. I want you to live every day like this day might be my day. Today might be my day. And that's how you need to live every day. Let's go back. What do you need to tell yourself in the morning? Breathe in, breathe out. I have purpose. I'm God's intentional design. God created me on purpose. God created me even knowing those things that I would struggle with. So I breathe in, I breathe out. I have purpose. I'm here. I'm God's intentional creation. And not only that, he created me for this time. Not only did he create me for this time, he created me for this place. He knew what position I would need to be in. But not only that, say to yourself in the morning, I'm going to live today. Like this might be my day. See, the problem is, and some of you are like, well, that's too optimistic. That's that, that's that, that's that's silly to talk like that. Well, let me give you the alternative. Because the alternative is, and this is how most people live or this is how most people think. They wake up in the morning. And they're like, oh, what's about to happen today? What am I going to have to deal with today? Who's going to get on my nerves today? This is going to be the day somebody talk crazy and I lose my job or I lose my salvation or I lose my mind. I'm giving you the alternative because I, I, I'm firmly of the belief that either you're getting better or you're getting worse. You have to claim the positive or if not, you are accepting the negative. If I am not proclaiming positively into my life that today might be the, 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 the day and I'm not going to live and I'm going to live today like it might be the day. If I don't live with expectation of something good, I'm living with anticipation of something negative happening. Am I uh, is this a day? I'm, uh, am I going to get sick today? What bad news am I going to get today? That, 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 that's the opposite. That's what we are accepting when we don't proclaim the positive in our life and we have to do it every day. Somebody say every day. We have to proclaim the positive in our lives every day. I'm living today like today might be my day. And I, I can imagine that's how the man of Gadara lived, the one that we call Legion. I imagine that even while he was being chained and bound by his fellow countrymen, while he was living amongst the tombs, while he was rarely in control of his own body and rarely was able to control the facilities of his own mind, when he had a clear thought, I have to believe the thing that kept him from hurting himself is thinking in his mind, today might be my day. Today might be the day 
that I regain control of my mind. Today might be the day that I gain control of my body. Today might be the day that a miracle happens in my life. I I have to believe that he lived with that expectation because there was a demon on the inside of him whose main objective was to kill him. That was its objective. How do we know it's its objective? Because as soon as it went into the pigs, they went and committed suicide. Mass suicide. They all ran down and killed themselves. It was the same demon that Legion had been living with. So that demon whose purpose was to harm him and to kill him, somehow he lived through that. He lived through that. So something on the inside of me tells me that that deep in the inside, even though he didn't have control of his tongue and didn't always have control of his mind, that Legion had a positive mindset. That something good is going to happen to me today. I, I woke up. I'm breathing. I, I, I just believe that my whole life has not been intended for me to be possessed by these demons. That's not the purpose of my life. And I came to tell somebody today that your whole life hasn't been intended to be possessed with all of your problems. Your whole life hasn't been been destined to deal with all of your financial troubles. Your whole life hasn't been purposed to deal with relationship trouble, to deal with health troubles. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. God is expecting and he is purposely putting something greater inside of you. Something greater than my trouble, something greater than my trial, something greater than what I've been struggling with. God has a greater purpose for my life, even if I haven't, get this, even if I haven't seen it yet. I hadn't seen it yet. Can can, can you imagine Legion? He he had not seen the greater purpose that was going to happen in his life, but yet it was there. So he had to have faith bound up on the inside to believe that something better, something greater is going to happen for me. And I I, I want to share that with somebody in here. I want to share that with someone who's watching us virtually, that God has a greater purpose that's waiting on you. And you have not even seen it yet. The Bible puts it this way. I had not seen, neither had the ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. The great thing that God has in store for those who love him. There's something better than where you are right now. There's something greater than what you have right now. There's a higher purpose that God desires for each of you that he's poured on the inside of you. And the only thing that has to happen, we have to prepare ourselves for God to give birth to that which he has already placed in us. Somebody point at your neighbor and say, don't lose hope. You have to live with the attitude that this might be. This might be the day. No matter how damaging our our situation is, not only should you not lose hope, don't lose your identity. Don't lose who you are. Verse 30 of our text, Jesus asked the man, he says, what is your name? And he said, Legion. For many demons had entered him. Him in this passage is not legion. Him in the passage is the demons. Jesus was talking to the man, but the demons are who responded. It's as if the man was trapped in a closet by all of these demons. I I thought of naming this segment. A man from Gadara, how to live when nobody knows your name. Look at that. Nobody knows his name. 
We only know the name of the demons that lived on the inside of him. But that's fair and that's very applicable to our times because sometimes, many times, people do this about us and we do this to other people. We label them according to what they struggle with. We label them sometimes according to the worst thing that ever happened in their lives. I want you to think about this the next time you're having a conversation. I want you to reflect for a moment on some conversation that you've had about other people that maybe other people have had about you. Sometimes it was like, oh, that, 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 that's Sally Mae over there. Oh, yeah, that's the one her husband left her with all them kids. Hey, that, that, that's Jimbo over there. Oh, yeah, Jimbo, he's the one, he's the one that left her with all them kids. That no good... No good, daddy. Think of, think of how we let that, 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 that's Gina over there. Yeah, that Gina, she's the one. Ooh, that's so sad. Her, her, her whole family just ate up with cancer. Her mama, her daddy, grandparents died of cancer. Notice how, how we, this, this thing, how we label people according to things that have happened to them or things that they have done in their lives. We're bad about that. Oh, yeah, that, that's, that's that guy. He always, you know, he always just sleeping around. He got all these kids, by all these, got all these baby mamas. That's how we label them. That's how we identify them. So it's fair for us and applicable to our times to consider that this man was living and nobody knew his name. The only thing they knew about him was the worst thing that ever happened in his life, that he was possessed by demons. We have to be careful. Be careful how we talk about other people, because you don't want people to talk about you based on what happened to you. You know why? Because what happens to me does not possess me. And what happened to me does not define me. What, what has occurred in my life does not define my destiny. And I refuse to allow it to define my destiny. That's another reason you have to hold on because you have to hold on longer than the trials. You have to hold on longer than the struggle. We heard him say uh, bad times don't last. They don't last always. They won't last. They, they, They have a terminating point. The only reason that you can be forever defined by what happened in you is if you die while you're in it. So the way to keep being from being defined by what you go through is to live longer than your trial. Your trial is for a a, a defined time, but I'm determined that I'm going to live longer than my trial. I'm going to live longer than my struggle. I'm going to outlive anything that ever happened in my life. The only thing I have to do is hold on and keep living. If I if I just keep living, if I keep living. I don't have to outrun it. I just have to keep living because at some point the trial has to expire. The weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. All I have to do is hold on and outlive what the devil is trying to cause to define me. So Legion said my only hope, the only hope I have of not being defined by these demons is to just keep on living. It's not how I behave, it's how long I live. 
I want you to get out. Because you can be see, see the problem with some of us. We're trying to make it look good. We're possessed by demons, but we're trying to act like we don't have any. <laughs> That's a whole message by itself. We're trying, like they say, put lipstick on the pig. Still possessed by demons, but we want to put a good suit on it. Get a good haircut, get a facial, and then we look good. But we're still possessed. God's not saying outshine the demon. He's saying outlive the demon. <laughs> Come on now. Live long enough to be delivered and stop trying to look delivered and just be delivered. I'm, 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 I'm finished. <laughs> stop trying to look delivered and be delivered. Somebody look at, look at your neighbor and say, it's time to be delivered. Doesn't matter how I look. Now, now I heard this song out here, and I understand the purpose of the song. I, I, I like the song, and I understand its purpose. But, uh, but they said, thank God I don't look like what I've been through. But sometimes you can look better than you're actually doing. Can I, can I say that again? Sometimes you can look better. Then you're actually doing. And if we focus on the look, we'll focus on the wrong thing. <laughs> if we focus on the look. I remember a few years ago, my, my son. Now nah, we were standing over there. It was during an anniversary. My son had broken his leg and he was on crutches. And we were taking a family picture. So in the picture, I'm holding him up without his crutch. And he looked good. But his leg was not healed. Come on now. And some of us are like that. We look good, but we're still broken. We look good, but we're still broken. And instead of focusing on getting healed, we're focusing on looking like we're not broken. Don't put mascara on so that you can mask your tears. Get delivered so you can stop crying. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to put makeup on so nobody can see that I'm crying. I want to get delivered so God can wipe away my tears. It's not about how it looks. In fact, at the end, if I look bad and I'm delivered, I'll take it. If I look like, get this, because some of us, we, we made it sound so bad. If I look like what I've been through, I'm still out. <laughs> because through, that means I came through it. I came out of it. That means I, 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 it doesn't matter. What, I'm not focusing on how it appears. I'm focusing on the fact that I came out of it. I praise God because that's how God works. I, I believe that the, the Hebrew boys, when they came out, they, they didn't smell like smoke. But even if they did, baby, they got out. And some of you are ashamed that because you smell like smoke, but praise God, you got out. And I, I'm going to focus my energy on praising God for what he brought me out of and not how I look. 
Because let me tell you about look. The thing about look, look is a thing, it's a subjective thing that can be impacted by how other people feel. Because some of y'all walk out of your house, you think you look good. Then somebody say something slick. And you be like, maybe, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have worn that. Maybe these colors, maybe they don't go together. Maybe I don't look as slim in this outfit as I thought I did. If you worried about other people. But I'm not worried about other people. I'm worried about being delivered. So I'm not going to wait for other people to tell me that I look like I came out. I'm going to praise God when I know. I'm going to praise God when I know that I've been delivered. I know. Songwriter said, I, I, I know I've been changed. I'm not waiting on somebody to tell me that I look like I've been changed. But I know in my heart, I know in my soul, I know in my mind, I know I've been I've come out. I know I've been delivered. So I don't need somebody else to validate what I know God has already done. What is done for me. The thing about it is because when God does something for you, sometimes God performs such a radical change that the people who knew you before, they don't even recognize you anymore. Because when Jesus kicked out the demons and the demons went into the swine and the swine barreled down the hill into the lake. Some of the people of the town came to find the man we call Legion. When they came to find him, they couldn't recognize him. Somebody was looking for a man that was bound in chains, but they didn't see a man with any chains. They were looking for a man who act like he lost his mind, but they didn't see a man who was acting like he lost his mind. They were looking for a man who would shred off all of his clothes, but they couldn't find the man that had shred off all of his clothes. They were confused because the man they had last seen looked like he was no longer there. But the only person they did see was a man they couldn't recognize because he was sitting down. He had clothes on. He didn't have any chains on. And he acted like he was in his right mind. I came to tell somebody today that God is about to write a change in your life that the people around you, they won't even recognize what God has done in your life. I used to be sick, but I'm not sick anymore because God has changed my life. I used to be broke. That's what I used to be. But God has changed that in my life. I used to be by myself. I used to not have a relationship. But God has changed that in my life. I wish I had somebody in here with me. But I'm going to praise God. Not for what it looks like. Not for what other people say. Because I know. I know. Somebody say I I know I've been changed. The angels in heaven, they don't 
recognize him but God he does exceeding abundantly above all that we can even ask or think what I'm telling you is that what God is about to do in your life you don't even have the capacity to recognize how he's going to change what level he's going to take you to so that's why we have to trust God we have to trust him Because we think we know the way. We think we know how it's going to look. I wish I had some folks in here who've lived long enough to know that you had a certain plan for your life, but God took you another way. You saw your blessings happening in a certain way, but God saw the blessing happening in a whole other direction, in a whole other way. You saw your blessing coming from the north, the south, or the east, or the west. But that's not how promotion or that's not how God works. Our blessings come from above. God sits down one and lifts up another. We have to trust God. David, I want you to get this. David, he's in the, he's in the field, attending to the sheep, being faithful in his duties that his father gave him, singing hymns and songs in his heart, writing down how good God has been to him. But it never occurred to him in his mind, in his wildest imagination, that for 40 years that he would be the greatest king in the history of Israel. That, that, didn't, that, didn't, that, didn't even, that thought didn't even occupy his mind. That had to be so far from his own reality that it never broached his thought. Again, God thinks his ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts. So let's not limit how God is going to bless you. Don't limit God by your own imagination. That's why the songwriter said, whatever way you bless me, Lord, I'll be satisfied. And and some of us took that to mean that God might just do a very little. That's not what that means. That means, Lord, I don't know where the blessing is coming from. And I don't have the mind to imagine what you're able to do. So however you want to do it and however much you want to do it, Lord, I'm satisfied with your method. I'm satisfied with your process. I'm satisfied, Lord, with your timeline. May not come when you want him, but he's always, always on time. My mind cannot conceive what you're about to do for me, Lord. But Lord, my heart and my mind, my arms are open to receive it however you want to do it. If you believe that, put those hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah. If you accept that into your own life, just give God some praise right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I pray with you, Heavenly Father, Lord? Lord, when other people can't see us, the way that we keep on living, Lord, is we don't lose hope. We don't give up. 
but we don't lose our identity. We don't lose our purpose. We don't lose our mindset. We keep living with great expectation. We breathe in, we breathe out. We accept, Lord, that we have purpose, that we're your intentional creation. We're your intentional design. Lord, that we were created for a moment just like this. You knew what we were do- you were doing, Lord. You even knew what we'd struggle with. You knew what we'd have trouble with, but yet you chose us anyway. The favor of the Lord is upon us. Even though, Lord, there are times that I've done wrong, but yet you are still calling my name. Lord, I thank you for making me for this time, Lord. I thank you for making me for this position, Lord. You've put me in the place that you desire me to be. And Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you, Lord. I'm not going to let my own mentality, my own thinking, my own intelligence to cause me to move out of the place of blessing that you have established for me. And Lord, through it all, I'm mindful. Lord, that your thoughts and your ways are above my ways. And Lord, even when I don't see how you're going to do it or when you're going to do it. Lord, I trust you. And however you bless me, however you lift me, Lord, however you preserve my life. I'll give you the glory. I'll give you the honor. I'll give you the praise for that which I know you're going to do. And Lord, like like the man of Gadara, I'm going to live with expectation every day. Living every day, saying to myself, today just might be my day. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise in this house. Come on and give him some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give God some praise. Give him some glory in this house. For those of you who've been watching us virtually, we praise God that you've tuned in. We pray that you've been blessed by what you've heard. We hope that we've shared something with you on how to live when nobody sees you. I pray that you live with expectation until we shall see you again.